1: Back to another edition of the Warriors All 82 podcast mobile edition for myself. I'm leaving the arena, Marcus. And I would say, can we call it an Oakland edition because of Gary this Payton? Is,
0: this is the All GP2.
1: All GP2. That's good. That's even better. I was going to say Oakland, but like, as I think y- you've uh, had conversations with other people around the Warriors, he's not really Oakland, right? I mean, his dad
0: is. I mean, by blood, you know, he's got the Oakland blood in him, but yeah, nah, he. He didn't have his uh his uh childhood in the confines of Oakland.
1: No, but he was kind of talking about his dad tonight. His dad's coaching up at Lincoln. Uh sounds and his little brother, did you hear that? I believe he said his little brother. Yeah. Have you checked that have you checked that team out at all?
0: I have not. I didn't even know they started. Has college basketball started yet?
1: Uh, no, it, it hasn't started. Um but I saw my alma mater got a postseason ban already, so if, if you consider that, start
0: <laughs>
1: That's funny. It's not funny, Marcus. It really isn't. But we should talk Warriors uh, Hornets, which was billed as, you know, LaMelo in town. And, you know, is it LaMelo Curry? Is it just like, you know, the relitigation of LaMelo Wiseman? No, it's two players. Jordan Poole, 31 points. 22 in the first half while Steph Curry ate. And under the weather, Steph Curry didn't do much at all. By the and, way, I
0: talked to him after the game. I don't yeah. know how he played. Like, he sounded rough. I was well, like, "Dang, rough. you alright? He was he wheezing. Rough. Yeah, you could hear the Jeez. congestion. Yeah, it was weird. I was like, dang, dude, how did you play? He's like, "In Charlotte. I gotta play. But, you know, his dad after- was court so
1: yeah after the fact not courtside and chase. yeah that's right that's like right the, my
0: bad they're up there My fault.
1: the monday night football boxes as i like to call them um but uh not only was he uh sick he didn't he apparently wasn't at practice that it hadn't you know it's, it's probably very good for the warriors that they had this three-day break at a time when i guess steph curry got sick because uh, he not gonna have to miss a game even though he's under the weather did not play good um but didn't really have to I mean like we kind of expected a pool break Do you want to talk pool or Peyton first I guess Peyton's kind of the story but pool's
0: let's alive. go let's we go want. pool though yeah we let's go um, pool we spent we, we spent quite a bit of time on pool so I feel like we got to deal with his breakout game and the timeliness of it and you know it, like like you said it, it was due he he made he made you work harder in the postgame interview than the Charlotte defense did guarding him
1: I was trying. I was trying to pull something out of him. Um, he went nine to thirty. He was nine to thirty-seven from three entering uh, the game, which is which is really bad. But as he pointed out, wasn't as bad as Clay Thompson uh, before he had that fourteen. This was three remember years.
0: Remember that? Ago. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I do remember that. I not only do I remember that because I wrote. You know pool brought it up i went back and looked at the game log oh man it was seven games and clay was five of 36 from three uh didn't hit more than one in the first seven games it was like one of eight oh of six one of five i was getting
0: mad when we were bringing it up (laughs) yeah yeah i remember yeah
1: Yeah, it was funny and then of course he just exposed for 14 threes an nba record it's not what pool did was it that
0: headband clay debut yeah well
1: it because he got in that same game, he got hit and cut uh, above his eye, but he wanted yeah. to be playing because he was going for the record. Going to for the record to the point that Steve Kerr mentioned how uncomfortable he felt. This is when, like, Fred Hoiberg's job was on the line in Chicago. And, you know, Steve Kerr sitting there. All coaches are, like, you know, concerned about embarrassing Fred Hoiberg and embarrassing the Bulls but he let clay keep playing even though they're up like 40 something in the fourth just to get the record. Uh, but anyway, he got it with a cut on his head and he was wearing a headband and then the Jackie moon thing came from that. But yes, to, to anyway, back to the general point is clay brought that cold streak up to Jordan pool, who had been struggling to start the season in clay's place in the starting lineup. Uh, and tonight was, I guess, you know, clay's, or I mean Poole's detonation you call it I mean it was six of nine from three in the first half 22 points finishes with seven made threes and again I said they were plus 28 with Poole on the floor uh and he floated them in the non-curry minutes they were a minus tonight in in Curry's minutes but they won because in large part because of what Poole did offensively
0: yeah and he and he was you know after the game I said he was giving you a hard time because you were you know asking him questions about the surge and he was you know playing his his best nonchalant you know mode and he and he said that this you know it was he didn't do anything different but that I, that doesn't strike me as true he took a lot of smarter shots he was underway you know he was under control when he shot it was even a couple shots where he kind of like took that extra beat to set his feet and like think about it 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 wasn't like crazy rushed. I mean, he took that one heat check where he was like begging for the ball and shot it from like forty feet or whatever. But for the most part, these were all like in rhythm, off of passes. Like they were good, smart shots. Uh he was under control. Like he wasn't just throwing the ball around. I, I do think it was a different game for him now. You know what Marcus yeah. I,
1: I, I don't wanna I don't want to stoke any flames here, but you know what else helped his breakout? That was some really bad defense by LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball just kept losing him. And, that, but uh, that's,
0: I think that's important though, because a lot of the threes he's taken was like, you know, he was starting to pool parties, like off the dribble, I'm, you know, I'm suddenly pulling up real fast and chucking. But this one, he had a guy who couldn't keep up with him. And he kind of took advantage of that, which was a, a far smarter game. I thought I thought he was way more under control. Even especially off the ball. Yeah, especially off the ball. He was moving like the float to the corner. Uh he he just played a really good all around game and his offense was was so timely. It was, Steph was like struggling mighty, but but also Wiggins was Wiggins had a rough <laughs> a rough first half. He he got some looks, he couldn't make make them. He was only taking, well, was was taking Will- three.
1: Wiggins in the building. Was Andrew Wiggins in the building? It was,
0: he showed up he showed up he, he had a did. big three from the corner in the I think in the fourth quarter. He was just having
1: a classic like matchup with Gordon Hayward, where both are these like big, <laughs> big name, highly paid wings that you're so like, true. You're you guys are just like kind of in this game right now, and you're kind of like equaling each other in this game. I feel like,
0: that's but I and mean, that, that's hilarious though. Like, I I, I do feel like pool. This were, this game was like the embodiment of who he was supposed to be. Right, it's the. He's supposed to be like the second option to create stuff when Steph can't. Steph couldn't. And he he was really good. He was really good. He was really he was under control. He basically was the offense in the first half where I think they got twenty one in the first quarter. And then they you know, they changed the substitution pattern. I, I never I forgot to ask Steve if that was I because know because he I read know. Steph and watched how he was looking and decided to sit him because he was sick, because he was turning the ball over, or did he just plan to, swap, to switch up his minutes like that? Because the end result was I think Steph might have played the whole fourth quarter.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which
0: well, was actually pretty my, good.
1: This is my read on it. Um, he, a few games ago, and really I think it's three out of the last four games now, he's actually taken Steph out in the middle of the first quarter. A couple times it was he put Chioza in.
0: Yeah, but yeah. It was,
1: yeah, and I actually asked him after the Thunder game, which was the first time he did it, why you know why Steph came out at that point, and he was saying they're trying to kind of spot him a couple extra minutes, particularly in the first half if they feel like they can, um, just to be you know because they're trying to limit his minutes to thirty four as much as they can this season. Um, but I think what happened today is they tried to do it, but like you know the it was one of those where like the, the game goes a while without a whistle again um and it just kind of screwed up the pattern enough to where Steph had to start the second quarter with the second unit but then it kind of went well and i, I like my sense was then they're like oh let's go with this But it of- was
0: on the fly right it was yeah. yeah that I, it, it did feel like that it, the, like the time he came out of the game wasn't the same in the uh in the third quarter as the first but the way it worked out it almost felt intentional right it almost it, you know what it felt like it felt like they were like we want to give Pool some minutes running the show, <laughs> like but yeah. with like real players, not with the, I mean not with the starters, with, with Draymond. You know, yeah with Draymond, yeah exactly with, with Wiggins instead of with the bench unit. Uh, it felt like that was the intent, and that's how it worked out. And man, Pool was really good in that mode to the point where we could start like rehyping Pool again. Don't you think?
1: Hey, man. Ah, like it, man.
0: Come on, it's later. Um,
1: <laughs> well, what, there are different type of 35% three-point shooters. Um, and, you know, Poole, at the end of last season, with 35%. My guess is he'll probably be around 35% this year. Um, but he's not one of those just like, you know, he's a 3-and-D wing that is generally over every 10-game stretch going to sit around 35%. He can, you could already tell early in his career, he's a hot and cold. He's going to toggle between, um, and I, to me, for for the what the Warriors need, I think that is the type of three-point shooter they want pulled. I mean, obviously, they want him to be, like, consistently 40, but I just mean, like, detonation nights. You know, he's going to you, have you those know who cold he, streaks.
0: You know who he reminds me of in that sense? Jr. Smith. Like, yeah? when he is on, he is killing you. Like, it is seven threes, right? It's three in a row. It's explosive, and then when he's off, like <laughs> he's gonna miss a, a ton of them, but he's gonna keep shooting. It it just it just feels like that. Now he's it, it's not the same player because he's got the handle. He can drive, and you know, Jared Smith is much more of a catch and shoot guy. But just that idea of like you kind of get a sense early, like okay, this dude is hot, <laughs> right? If he's yeah, hot, yeah. it's on.
1: Yeah, and look like Damian Lee, for example, just to use him as an example, is the steady type of three point shooter, right? I mean, again, yeah. over almost every ten game stretch, he's gonna he's gonna kinda make kinda four
0: out of ten same. every time, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: But I almost feel like, and like you want that too. And what Damian Lee has done again, fifteen more tonight. I mean, what a start of the season he's had uh, from a steady perspective. And you do need that. But I think having a pool like that's scary to a defense and. and and you know, one out of every five games, he and especially like tonight, it's well timed with Steph struggling. Like he just wins you a game because he's he's really hot. I mean, he's essentially was Clay Thompson for the first half tonight and had 22. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's good to see him bust out of it, and then also um, it, it a lot of times that type of game could snowball positively. Um, so we'll see coming up, especially with some of the bad defenses they're
0: playing. Yeah, so so he should be alright against the Pelicans and the Rockets. The, the Rockets, right? Like Hawks. Haw- Haw- yeah, Hawks, Hawks, Hawks have so? some tough they they have some they have some weak spots on the perimeter. I mean, DeAndre Hunter's probably gonna have to lock up on Steph, but you know <laughs> there's some guys Poole can get a shot off on. Oh, but yeah. but if he strings together some games and now will be a good time to do it for, you know, against the uh, opponents where like a haymaker could could be the game for you like that. That's what they need. They need, they need pool to string some gather string together three or four good, good games, which
1: by the way, we saw him do in preseason. We saw him do late last season. Like to me, he's shown to be kind of a streaky player, which is good. I think, I mean, not, you know, generally, I mean, obviously you want consistency, but they need this type of player. They've needed, a, a streaky score for a long time i feel like it. i mean you've been on this right this is your oh, yeah. rodney stuckey uh jamal crawford you know name your a dude who could score. just get
0: you some buckets man that matters <laughs> like it matters it, it helps uh and I, I still think like his his two-point game is growing like the ability to get to the basket like he still doesn't get to the line very much even though he's an incredible Free throw shooter, like so, he still has layers to add to his game. I do think he's going to be a really good scorer. I I, I don't know what his percentages are per se, but he's got that re- you know another guy who comes to mind because of, I was thinking trying to think of guys with more handle and more like sauce to their game. I could see him being a, a Reggie Jackson, uh, like what are, you know, a Reggie Jackson. What he's on, like there's nothing you can do, man. <laughs> like we saw it in the playoffs. <laughs> where it's like oh, yeah. you know, this dude is just gonna he's just gonna iso you and he's gonna kill you and he may shoot you out some games but for the most part he's a really deadly uh scoring weapon i feel like jordan Poole's is going to be one of those type of players where he's just gonna be a bucket uh and even yeah. how he answered the question tonight where it's like ah, it's, you you know he said it was like 2k sometimes you miss it's a little bit more complicated than that. But he's got these elements to his game where he can do this. And that's the part that always kind of stood out to me, that he's got the skill and the confidence to be able to have games like this.
1: Yeah, I mean, Reggie's more, to me, kind of like a long-armed, isolation, patient scorer. Yeah, definitely cool.
0: limited. I was trying to think of dudes with handles, though, like because I said Jared Smith, but he yeah. don't really do the the, the driving thing.
1: No, but I mean, yeah, you're right. I, you right.
0: Know, Reggie don't drive either. Really, he got a floater no, no,
1: though. Re- no, Reg, Reggie drives with his pace, and like to me, like Reggie's probably I, I I would trust Reggie to get a bucket of more if he's on in straight up isolation, beat your defender one on one than pool. But where pool is different, like Reggie don't move off the ball like pool. That's where like the Jr. Smith, like Jr. Smith is a terrific off ball yes. mover and and catch and shooter. It's kind of like probably people underrate that part of Jr.'s game. Um, so I mean, it's a again every player's unique. So I you know I don't have an exact comp. I mean you know I've I and I could said this last year when he was coming onto the scene, but it's Jordan Clarkson a little bit. Uh, so anyway, have we gone way too long? Uh, I talk oh, about I was the thinking Gary there's another yeah, Go there's ahead.
0: another player he's gonna he's gonna have in his lineup. It, similar, I was I was talking to Steve, and one of the things he said. And uh Steph says intimated the same thing in the same way Jordan Poole is an offensive weapon, like Gary Payton is a weapon like they they are looking at him like something they could point and shoot at people, <laughs> like go get him. and we slater we got we gotta take our bow, man, like we've been on this for a long time We were pretty much saying this after a game in Summer League. (laughs) Like, last year, during the season when he was playing, it was like, hey man, they can use this guy. You know, some of that was Brad Wanamaker. But some of it was like, you could see just the specialized usage of him.
1: From a selfish perspective, I think me and you are, are happy to take a bow by being early and loud at times on the Gary Payton The second should be on this roster bow. And I think among the uh different layers in the warriors organization i think this is a front office bow uh oh,
0: man. For, that's my story though i mean it's cold-blooded
1: well well no, but i you're mean, right.
0: You're please
1: right. uh i mean when is your story coming out hopefully right around the same time as this podcast <laughs>
0: nah you you always get the pods up first no nah, it's all good i'm just messing with you absolutely i mean this was their moment as much as it was gary payton's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean he he definitely made them look good because as we all know like there was a strong contingent for Avery Bradley. A contingent that was even larger, we I learned tonight, than I even thought, right? Like there's more people who were Avery Bradley supporters. But it it's I mean we watched this we watched this play out and our live we were like, yo, this it just it's clear. Gary Payton's a better player, and there were—I think there was even a moment where he comes in, and it was like really quick, and it was like, "Yo, he might have just won the spot." His first game after the hernia, he came back, and it was like he already won the spot that fast. <laughs> it's just been kind of obvious, and tonight was like the culmination of that, of the belief in him, and you know, his five years of kind of waiting for a spot, and. Not only was Steve saying, like, not only did he have this moment, but Steve is like, like, I can't just use him as, a, like, a matchup thing. Like, he needs to be on the court. And I think you were asking him, this, like, has he played his way into it? He was just like, yeah, like that's pretty big. It, he he got to this moment faster than Juan. Remember, Juan Scott Anderson was like, I'm gonna use him in these moments, eh. here Special, and there, and eventually yeah. Juan was like, all right, let's put this dude in the rotation. Like GP's done it in seven games, <laughs> which is yeah. fairly impressive.
1: How how much do you believe Steve Kerr is ready every single night to put Gary Payton out there? Because this was only the second time in seven games he's played more than ten minutes. Last game he wasn't in the rotation, and I know he did. He definitely did a ton tonight to to make you continue to believe that he should be, but. I'm still like, are, is Steve Kerr going to do this when they don't have a LaMelo ball to try to shut down? I don't know. I mean, like, he's, he said it pretty definitively tonight. Yes. I kind of tried to corner him on it. So, I mean, if he's saying it that definitively, he must be thinking it. But I'm also like, he wasn't in the rotation last game.
0: I, I don't think it's forever, right? I do think it's like, all right, he's in a rotation. You know, he could easily not be in a rotation in a month. But I do think a big Too part of it games. is. Yeah. yeah, I do think a part of it is like he he sees Gary as a chance to rest Andre. He's leaning on Andre quite a bit, right and it's like I think they I think he's saying, all right, I, I got a place where I can get some minutes from because uh, they they're not the same player, but that idea, like Andre is a much more conservative like but but still kind of like like the position, the reach. The timing, the hand speed, like, Gary Payton is far more, like, aggressive and more athletic at this age, but there's a lot of similarities between, like, with the defensive instincts, and I think he's seeing that he can use Gary Payton in some of the ways he can use Andre, and maybe he doesn't have to lean on Andre as much. Uh, Andre's played all but one game. I mean, his minutes aren't crazy. You know, he's at what? I think he's probably... He ain't at like twenty five, is he? I don't remember what what his minutes are, but but I no, I could just see game, him saying,
1: like
0: he, he, "Go ahead."
1: Yeah, he he. I was just gonna say he played like twenty two, and Andre played like twenty two and twenty three the first couple games, Lakers, Clippers, because that's very much an Andre matchup. And now they've throttled back. They sat him in Sacramento, where you're right. It's like they're gonna put Andre on ice for for patches of the season
0: that's what i was thinking like so when when he said that i immediately think well who's coming out the rotation uh and cuz you know keep in mind there's still other guys like you still got Bielitza, you still got porter you know uh, you he played Chiosa that one game rookies
1: you have two lottery rookies
0: two lottery rookies yep yeah. Uh, yeah, Moody played mop up minutes. And did Kaminga even get in? Did he play?
1: Kaminga did. They 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 both got in late, but they both also played thirty minutes, like four hours before the before, game. Which, yeah. By the way, I you know we don't need to do a segment on it. But anyone interested in how Kaminga or Moody looked, I put up. i made some highlight packages of both because I was they were you know I was sitting like second row for the game. Uh, they both did some interesting stuff. So if anyone's interested, they can go look at it. Uh, but with the Peyton thing. I mean, it just, he just injects all athleticism to forget the defense for a second. That's the
0: thing. It ain't even, it's not
1: just the defense. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to com slash Courtside to learn more. When they were, I can't remember exactly what game it is, but there was a game when he was on the court and there was a jump ball. It was, uh, like, I think a challenge got overturned, and when a challenge, like, on a shot attempt gets overturned and it's technically a loose ball, they just go to center court and jump it up. Um, and, like, Draymond was on the court. I think Looney might have been on the court. Uh, and they let Gary Payton jump center. Uh, and it was like, oh, he's kind of like like... I thought I was like, well, this is weird. This is kind of like a point guard jumping center, even though he's not a point. He's a wing, I guess. But that's what he is. He's their best leaper without James Wiseman in the rotation or Kaminga. So I don't know. It's just interesting. You saw the dunk on Ubre tonight, which, by the way, Kelly Ubre, welcome back to the Bay. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's just he got a lot of juice. How about that? Like, Steph had, like, kind of an air ball that he, like, went up and, like, lefty, like, alley. Nah, he
0: said it was a pass. I was like, was that a lob? He was like, that absolutely was a lob.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh-huh, there
0: you go. <laughs> he said Get it, he said it was a pass. He got an assist for it. Uh, I, I, like, I mean, look, we, we've already said this, um, but I think that's a difference maker. Like, the rebounding, but the ability to run that baseline and finish. The ability to get out and transition and finish, I think that matters. They haven't had a guard with that type of explosiveness. Uh, He's he's even more explosive at the rim than Wiggins, who is who can be pretty explosive. He's a really good athlete, six foot seven. But you know, we seen Wiggins tonight do that where they're driving and whoever's on that corner is cutting baseline, and now you're there to finish it, and you can put him in the dunker spot like you can put him there in the spot that you know andre once occupied like he he's just six three but he gets up so high and so fast that he's a finisher and we we focus a lot on his shooting i think he missed a couple threes tonight breaking his uh his streak of four at four consecutive threes but his so 66% ability, sixty six percent, sixty six. <laughs> but his ability to finish at the rim tonight, you can see the offensive rebounding, is is almost as valuable, or at least makes him at, on, valuable on offense as an outside shot. It's just literally something they don't have in their in their backcourt. Like Poole doesn't do it, Curry doesn't do it, Clay doesn't even do this. Like that's yeah. that's a pretty big skill to have.
1: Yeah, and look, I've covered defensive specialists over the years. Defensive specialists who started. Tavo Cephalosha, I started, you know, when I started covering the Thunder. Uh, that turned into Andre Robertson, who, you know, you were there for uh, the West Finals when, you yeah. know, the Thunder did kind of unlock him as like an on ball screener cutter, but, like, you know, they. It, they were so limited that like it really handcuffed the offense. I don't see Gary Payton handcuffing the offense because he's doing a bunch of stuff, even if he's not shooting the three. And there are times like the ball's gonna funnel to him and you're gonna need him to probably hit thirty percent uh of his threes. And you know, at this point we'll see. I mean he, he says the threes improved and he is four or six early in the season. Defenses still don't fear him, but he's gonna have to hit a few uh, but, yeah, he just he just does stuff. And then I, I, we should talk about the defense because that is what he – it's why he made the roster. I remember, you know, we talked about Summer League, and both of us were down there in Vegas talking to coaches, talking to people, talking to Peyton down there. Um, and I remember there was the Orlando game where, the, remember, they played Suggs and Cole Anthony. Cole yeah. Anthony was one of the breakout players of the early season, surprising me. but when they played Orlando Suggs went off and Cole Anthony was something like one of 12 shooting or something really bad
0: he was, and i he remember was talking yeah
1: yeah i remember talking to one of the coaches afterwards and being like you know man Suggs you know had a really good game like wanting to talk about Suggs and they're like yeah we probably should have put Gary on Suggs but he's like well eh. but the reason why Cole Anthony was terrible was because Gary Payton was on and uh, that is his most important among all these qualities we're talking about with Gary Payton, the fact that you can put him on Lamelo Ball tonight. He he picked up Lamelo Ball full court a few possessions tonight, and then I and I put it in my post game story. There was a moment where Lamelo Ball, Gary Payton gets a rebound, put back, and then immediately picks up Lamelo Ball off the inbound, and Lamelo Ball just waves off the inbound. He's like, yes, I'm good. he
0: just gives it up. He was done. He did not. He didn't want any smoke. He was like, I'm over this. Uh, that moment when Ish Smith came in, people don't people sleep. Ish Smith is fast as hell. That dude is quick. Yeah, he he is. he he is. He's hung around his league for a long time because he can get by people. He, he's got a nice little mid range jumper. Man, GP ripped this dude at half court. I was like, "That's Ish Smith, dude. That's not like a a slow kind of dribbling up. Like Ish tried to get the the sideline on, tried to get by him, and he took his cookies. And it was like, like you literally cannot dribble in front of this dude. It, it's it's to be able to throw him, Andre, and Draymond at at offense." Like that's that that's a different level of defense. That's a, a clamp. You you better you, you you better be super careful with the ball because he's turning you over. It's, it is he's turning you over, he's taking away your aggressiveness, he's making you passive, and it is it's gonna be out there. Like obviously people will counter, they'll try to post him up, so we'll get to see how he act you know, how he reacts to that, but as far as just putting him on a guy and saying like make this dude's life miserable he's incredible at it because you just have to think about every single dribble and the moment you don't think about it he's swiping the ball and the words are going the other way it's it's really impressive the the defensive instincts uh you know we, there was a little moment at the at thing when I uh, remember damian lee was getting off and gary payton was coming on and they did their little five thing and and uh damian lee shouts mitten <laughs> yeah <laughs> mitten? That's, uh, they mitten they call him mitten they call him his he, daddy he was the glove like that, by the way i he, know he right? likes baby glove he doesn't I've like heard. he likes baby glove for sure but mitten um, don't sound tough it don't sound you know, it
1: don't, uh, the, love. um so i don't know the league is the league's interesting because like you know situations matter so much and an opportunity and, you know, are you in the right system? Is the coach believe in you? Are you getting the minutes Are you, you know, who are you playing next to? Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, Gary Payton's been on I, I, you could count the teams probably like six or seven teams never really has gotten the opportunity. I know he's talked to, to you before about the fact that he's never had like a training camp and honestly didn't get a camp this time. We thought that was going to kind of, you know, yeah. screw him again at an important point. In his later, you know, what did he he's About 28 now. Um, but and, uh, you know, and not only that, he was cut two weeks ago. He was yeah. available to the entire league. As much as we can sit here and go, you know, good job front office. Um, you know, to save pennies, to to strip some of the guaranteed money, uh, they cut him. And they, they were vulnerable to losing him. They didn't want to lose him. Uh, you know, they maneuvered it well to get him back. But at any point, any other of the 29 teams could have taken him. And it's just now you watch him and you're like, you know. why did you risk
0: it right yeah yeah.
1: well not only that like if this guy gets like 25 minutes a night like is he an all defensive team you know i went on zach lowe's podcast preseason and and mentioned the idea you know he was asking you know who might win the 15th roster spot you know and he would kind of you know avery bradley seems like the favorite there are some other options i mentioned hey gary payton the second could get in this mix and zach lowe who we all know watches basketball like probably more than any media member out there was like if gary payton got a thousand minutes he would be an all defensive team guard and i'm like why is he not on a roster before you know why were the warriors able to cut him get him through waivers and get him back it's kind of wild but that's the league i guess
0: it's the shooting once you got a reputation of not being able to shoot (laughs) it's tough these days but in
1: 2021 is that changing though? is that changing
0: it feels like it's gonna have to uh the it's weird because the lead is so the league is so point guard driven there's so many great guards and you gotta have guards to get buckets you would think naturally you gotta have people who can guard (laughs) like you would there would be value in people who can guard point guards it's it's why Patrick Beverly has had such a Good career, Alex right? Caruso, right? Yeah, these like, dudes. These dudes are valuable because the uh, the other team has a star guard. It's, it's almost like, and you know, football so quarterback driven. Like obviously, the, there be it's going to be great value for people who can pressure the quarterback. So it's just weird that this is his superpower and it wasn't enough to get him a roster spot but also you know sometimes it takes that you know it takes the grind and you know there are probably other elements that he needed to improve on to to be you know attractive to a team and you know he he got his shot and he you know he he capitalized but it, maybe maybe he maybe he, do, he doesn't capitalize if he doesn't go through what he went through. So it's it's kind of the catch twenty two and all of those guys, right? Caruso, you know uh, uh, Patrick Beverly, you know all these guys who this is their job. They do the dirty work. They all got a story, right? It, it, they all got a you know rags to riches type of story. They they did they never get it easy. They do a thankless yeah, job. They not lottery sexy. Picks. Yeah, For they, they like weren't sexy. Yeah, they weren't lottery. Picks. Absolutely. So. You kind of, you know, he's he's got his story. This is his version, and that, damn, I'm straight. right my, I'm, I'm writing my story on, on the show, but uh, that's a that good thing. T- that's you part whatever, of it. Right?
1: If you want to see whatever, you know, the segment that Marcus just had right there, if you want to see it perfectly crafted into about thirteen hundred words or, or or more or less, I don't know. I don't want to give you any assignment here, but go on the athletic and read Marcus's story on Gary Payton, and subscribe if you haven't.
0: Yeah, because this podcast will definitely be out before my story is up. So if you go and it's not there yet, just be a little patient. Come back in a little bit. <laughs> I don't know that it will,
1: Marcus. I don't think the podcast going up till the morning. So, who yeah, ah,
0: knows? All 82 slacking over here. All 82 slacking. Uh, By hey. the way, um, we kind of ripped him on words plus minus, and then he went out and... I guess seven point six rebounds ain't bad. Looney I was thinking Looney, man. Whoo, Looney was rough. Uh I, I anybody else? Enjoy,
1: I, I went to look at plus minus and Looney was a zero and I was like, Yes, that's that's just Looney. <laughs> yeah. It's, like just zero.
0: Plus, he's one, one for four from the line. Uh, you know, is still very interesting. He he keeps passing up all these shots. It's just so wild. He to hit me. two threes. He hit yeah, two threes he, he finally tonight. did, but he, he had like five he could have taken. Yeah. Uh, you know who? You know who was actually what was interesting to me was how you know Kerr was using Otto Porter again. I don't know if this was how the rotation just kind of shaped out live, or if that's how he wanted it. But he's putting four shooters. You know he's putting Steph with this kind of small ball lineup and he had Otto Porter basically playing small ball five and every time like uh, uh Miles Bridges will start cooking it's like why is he, why is he torturing Otto Porter Jr. like this by having him face off against one of the hottest dudes in the league uh Miles Bridges ended up with 32 points 12 for 22 shooting 5 for 9 from 3 9 rebounds but he's you know that's a tough <laughs> that's a tough cover Steve eventually stopped and put Iguodala yeah. on him. Uh, but, you know, Draymond was the one who had success on him. But it was just wild. He kept putting Otto Porter Jr. on Bridges. And it's like, hey, dude, Otto he played 11 minutes and, like, nine of them was guarding Bridges. It's <laughs> like, why is Steve doing this? I didn't understand. Yeah. No, it's
1: interesting. You mentioned Draymond. First tactical of the season. It took him seven games. That
0: was his first? That was wild. That uh, was impressive. Jordan Poole got his first, too.
1: I actually think that might have been pulled second. I'm trying to remember. Uh, you know who else got a technical today? Jonathan Kaminga got a preseason G League technical.
0: Oh, they're, they're just out of control huh, at this point. Could they're, they're, be. they're out of control. All technical right. yeah. No, I don't see any.
1: Pelicans to... Friday. And then is it is it Rockets Sunday, Hawks Monday? Do I have that right?
0: They doing back yeah, yeah. to back to the This is the this
1: will be the first Warriors back to back of the year. Uh Sunday Monday. They Sunday. have had a nice early season schedule. Soft and home they make heavy. It? And
0: yep, Sunday Monday. Is it Houston
1: first? first?
0: Houston Rock- Sunday. Houston first. Okay. Monday Atlanta, Wednesday Minnesota, Friday Chicago.
1: So they're they're playing two of the worst teams in the West uh, the next two games. Pelicans without Zion, without Brandon Ingram tonight in Sacramento, they lose. I mean they they I think they're one and eight. I believe um, the Rockets, who you know Jalen Green looks pretty spicy right now. But other than that, I mean like they're very should be beatable. Um, I mean this is a team that should be looking at eight and one by Sunday night, which is that's a healthy record
0: are you oh yeah no question are you are you how 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 much weight how much credence are you giving this defensive performance by the Warriors uh they they kind of shut down a a really explosive team and it's probably their best defensive performance of the year mostly because I've just watched all of the Hornets games and I'm like, yo, this team is fun, man. They're exciting. Man. They, and There were so many matchup problems that I, I thought, like, ah, this might be tough. And the Warriors just kind of handled them pretty easily defensively. They never really dominated. They stayed under 40% all game. The only real advantage was the Warriors' turnovers gave the Hornets more possessions. It just felt like they really kind of dominated – the Hornets' offense. I mean, 92 points on 37% shooting. It's a pretty good defensive night for the Warriors.
1: Yeah, you know, I want to see like almost a full circuit around the league, see them play some of these really good offenses, see them go on the road, see them go to Utah and face the, you know, that offense yeah. um, before I like am ready to be like, man, this is still legitimately a top five defense in a league that. Early this season is skewing more defensive, um, but as Steve Kerr's talked about it, yeah, they gave up, you know, Ubra and Baysmore and some of the athleticism and replaced them with with slower defenders. You know, we've talked about Porter and Bielitsa and some of their flaws, but you know, your 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 higher IQ, um, you, your guy veterans who know the scouting report are getting more minutes. You know, last year there was a lot of Wiseman minutes. So far, there's been no Wiseman minutes, and as we've talked about on the podcast, Steve has. Uh, trended even with his lineup choices more defensive. There's a reason why Kevon Looney is still getting minutes, and it's certainly more because of the defensive end than the offensive yeah. end. You know, there has been more Igudala. Now there's a lot of Peyton. You know, it's like, you know, Peyton to me is a better defender than than Baysmore or Ubre. So um, they kind of have kept the personnel uh, defensive tilted. And, uh, you know, Draymond looks really good early in the season uh, on that end. And then the other very surprising stat, entering the night, they were the best defensive rebounding team in the league. They're barely playing a center, and that only center they're playing is Looney. Um, And I asked her about a pregame, and he was like, look, our veterans box out every time. Andre Iguodala never misses a box out. Otto Porter boxes everybody out. And, I mean, it's not something you notice, like, possession by possession. But if you really think about watching the Warriors over the course of these seven games, like, when's the last time you are like, man, they're getting beat up on the glass? And that was what we thought. They were, they were like the a bottom five rebounding team in basketball last year. And they're just – they're the best rebounding team through seven games, which that matters, right? They're just cleaning up possessions that they – get stops on uh so i think a lot of that has to do it but like i said i want to see them play more teams more explosive teams this was a good performance against charlotte but i want to see more still
0: yeah i didn't expect them to handle charlotte like that uh but the the only other team to uh keep charlotte under 110 was miami and miami is also really good defense defensive rebounding team
1: I would love to see a Heat Warriors. Ah, it's gonna be great. It's
0: gonna be great. Miami is so loaded, though. (laughs) That that team is. That team is. Tyler Uh, a
1: hero. uh, Tyler hero's
0: back. Uh, Yeah, this this is going to be interesting. Uh, The the Warriors' defense is much better than what I thought it was, but you know, I don't know if they can sustain this. But that was a pretty dominant performance. I guess the next time we'll see. What, like with the, a real test I'm trying to see what's a real test you know you yeah you right atlanta. utah charlotte atlanta. is a top 5 offense man like charlotte well, is... you
1: know look where it's small sample size early atlanta yeah. to me is will be uh atlanta, atlanta will test, be a than test. Charlotte. Yeah. i mean you got the Trey young you know john collins like you know they are these they're finalists i look i mean it, I want to see a, a team having a good game again, like Memphis. Although you know that was probably more of what Memphis did defensively, but you know Memphis got to them early in the season. Uh, yeah, I again, I, I would say I want to see them on the road. You know where they're going on their upcoming road trip? They start in Charlotte, then in Brooklyn,
0: in Brooklyn, yeah. And then it's I'm going on that trip, but then it's all down who from there. I'm I'm, I'm leaving you at that point, sir. Sorry.
1: You're not going to go to Cleveland and Detroit? That yeah, back back
0: not, not happening, buddy. Uh-oh. Not happening. Charlotte, Brooklyn's enough for me. How about that?
1: All right, all right. Well, that means you got to do an all 82 podcast with me, and that's a perfect place to wrap up. You will be doing one from Charlotte, from Brooklyn. Uh, anything else? Anything you want to plug? Maybe your Gary Payton story that will be on the website within minutes
0: yeah nah they'll you know they'll know where to get it you know i just like to say that we are pretty good uh you you and us covering the wars. we're we're like a dynasty you know what i'm saying and dynasties are important so we need to we need to honor and respect and enjoy our dynasties you feel me
1: yes sir we will talk <laughs> uh maybe friday maybe sunday we'll see
0: If not, check us out on Warriors Plus Minus.
1: Omaha! Omaha!